0: The Green Bay Health Project Podcast is sponsored by Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility and strength. We believe that your body is your greatest tool, and when you take care of it, you can move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movement-rehab.com, that's m-v-m-t-rehab.com, to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free. What's up, everyone? Uh, Trevor with the Green Bay Health Project Podcast, and we're joined again by the legendary Mrs. Megan Van Pay of Grateful Plates. Um, She's a culinary nutritionist, and if you are looking for more info um, or her background, head over to uh, episode 15, where we talked a little bit more about our background and kind of Grateful Plates as a whole um, and dove into a bunch of other topics too. Really got off off track a bunch of times. (laughs) But um, today we're going to talk a little bit about sleep. So uh, Megan, again, always appreciate you coming on and talking. I love the conversations.
1: Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much, Trevor, for having me again. I love being back. It's just so much fun to be able to chat together. Um, And I think it's super cool that we're talking about sleep today. Um, It's really a a passion of mine to help people with their sleep, um, simply because of some history that I've had in my background that Mm. um, I can share if you'd like me to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's just get right into it. I mean, if you have a story about sleep, um, and you're willing to share, by all means.
1: Awesome. So um, I uh, you know, had my daughter, she just turned three. So I um, was having a lot of issues after her about two months after she was born that I couldn't actually fall back to sleep in the middle of the night. I get up and I couldn't fall back to sleep. And then all of a sudden, it had gotten to the point where I couldn't fall asleep even at night um, when I was actually with her. So and she wasn't getting up. You know, she was a little, little girl, but she actually wasn't getting up. So it was actually more so just me. So I dealt with um, chronic insomnia. I became very chronic insomnia for about 18 months, um, where I literally, the longest I had gone was I had went three days actually without sleeping, wow. like three full days. Yeah, <laughs> oh, which man. is crazy. Um, and if anyone knows, obviously, anytime you have any type of lack of sleep, it starts to impact every area of your life like every single area um so it like started impacting like my driving um so Mm -hmm. i got like a mini accident and i think because of the fact that you're just not alert and um it started to really impact like my mood how i operated throughout the day um, my marriage um, my role as a mom and everything like that so if you are someone who struggles with it um i can relate to you and i can totally understand um, how the rest of your life feel, seems like a shamble simply because of one simple thing of not being able to get sleep. And the more and more I learn about it, um, getting that restorative sleep is so important for our health. Mm-hmm. So, so important. If we don't have a really good sleep schedule or if we're not sleeping really well, um, it can start impacting your hormones. It really starts to impact your adrenal glands. Um, and I still am in recovery from the fact that it was so long that um my adrenals were attacked for so long, meaning, mm-hmm. um, for those of you who don't know what your adrenals do, they uh, secrete um, hormones that are essentially stress hormones. So my body was in a chronic state of stress for so long that I still am trying to heal um, from that. So what that looks like then is like you know, it's, it's vigorous, exercise is still not a part of my life because mm-hmm. um, that even though it's healthy, right exercise is healthy, it still puts the stress on the body. and you know, I'm still Recovering from that, so it's just crazy how much it really impacts us. And what ended up happening, it was, it allowed me to really explore what things really should be in place when you want to get better sleep. Because I had went the doctor route, um, they had put me on some <laughs> medications, um, they had put me on like anti anxiety medications that had like a sleeping effect, and they still weren't working. Like they would make me fall asleep, but honestly, it was like the weirdest falling asleep ever. It was like you were there and you were wide awake and then all of a sudden you were just like sleeping and it was never, um, yeah, it was just so crazy, but it never also was restorative sleep. It never was getting me into that deep rested sleep. So I still would wake up really tired. I still was getting up in the middle of the night. And to me, it was like these medications really aren't even helping me. Um, Like my sleep is the same even when I'm not on them. So I decided to do my own route and just figure out, okay, what else can I do? What are things that I can start implementing? And that's what I did. And it, um, it was awesome. I just discovered some amazing tools and tricks that are free that you can do at your house. Um, and also some other things that are very low cost that are maybe homeopathic remedies or some herbal remedies that actually make a big difference when it comes to your sleep. So,
0: Wow, that's crazy. 18 months mm-hmm. and three yeah. days <laughs> without yeah.
1: sleep. Yeah, That's
0: incredible. That sounds miserable.
1: You know what? It is. Well, it's, it's not fun, but um, <laughs> it had gotten to the point where, like, my husband, he's like, You're like non normal. And I still kind mm-hmm. of feel this a little bit is that I have a little boy who he is, um, gosh, 10 months right now. And um, even if he's up in the middle of the night, my body has learned to function on very, very little sleep, which mm-hmm. is not healthy. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy by any means, and I don't recommend it to people, but. I had started to learn and I actually changed this through my mindset because I had to get up the next day, no matter if my sleep was good or not, I had to get up to go to work and everything. So I've learned to function on very little sleep. um, But I, like I said, I don't recommend it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. um, There are some people that like pride themselves like, oh, I only need four hours of sleep. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well long like right now you think that but long term that's going to come back to kind of bite you like right that's absolutely. from my understanding
1: absolutely and my my mom has kind of almost trained her body like we grew up on the dairy farm and mm. she's almost trained her body because she gets up at 2 30 in the morning to milk the cows so um she's kind of trained to also not have much for sleep but i always like say like there's things that and thankfully she's really healthy yet, but you know, for some people who are just like they're really night owl, but then they have to be up early for work, mm-hmm. um, you can't burn the candle at both ends because eventually, like you said, it's gonna catch up with you. You're gonna it may not be right now, but that disease that may come right. along five, ten years from now, that honestly could be simply from the fact that you were never getting rest. Because mm-hmm. what happens in sleep is that your body literally recovers and rejuvenates and rests. You know, that's the time where we shouldn't be eating during that period because we allow our digestive system to rest. It allows our hormones to reset. It allows like chemicals in our brain to actually be produced when they should be produced. And those are all really, really vital for like just overall health. So, yeah, even though you may think you function on 4 hours, it's not a healthy <laughs> it's not a healthy way to live.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, and you touched on a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, we're we're going to get sidetracked real quick i think
1: That's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's okay.
0: like i was gonna say that from a recovery standpoint like we have that conversation a lot with people because we see like a lot of chronic pains or um even with acute injuries we we talk about the importance of sleep on just recovery um and it's like kind of changing things to come full circle because people neglect sleep like they'll go hard all day like they'll mm-hmm. fit everything in and then it's like like you said, they'll stay up late, wake up early, just wash, rinse, repeat, and over like yep. it just cascades. It's a domino effect. Like you won't feel what's happening right now, but like you said, mm-hmm. later on you're gonna pay the price for it, which is yeah. it's scary. Like it's scary to me, um, mm-hmm. and I'm sure to you as well. I mean, I have my own sleep stuff too, but like mm-hmm. you, just, you, just, you just kind of you've been through it. So like, Yeah.
1: Well, and one thing that's a really cool fact to, to, for people to know, Trevor, is I think that people think like, well, I can burn the light at both candles Monday through Friday, but then I can make up for it on mm-hmm, the weekend. Mm-hmm. And that's not how your body works. Okay. So you may sleep more on the weekend and you may think, oh, I'm, you know, I'm getting more. So I'm making up for the sleep that I lost during the week. That's not how our body works. It needs that rest every single night. It's not like it fills it all up in your cup on the weekend and then it just like takes, it's not like a gas tank, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not like you fill it all up and then you can use it throughout the week. That's just not how the body works. And my husband used to work like that all the time. He'd go to work for four in the morning and he'd get home at nine at night and he just did it rinse and repeat. And what he found was that, yes, he'd rest on the weekend and he'd like really get more sleep on the weekend, but he still never felt rested. He was always Mm -hmm. exhausted, always fatigued. And for people that like, I get a lot of women who are like, well, I want to lose weight or I, you know, want to feel mm-hmm. energized or I want to play with my kids or grandkids or whatever it may be. And I will tell you that it is going to all of those things are going to be a lot, lot more difficult if you're not rested, mm-hmm. because your hormones are out of whack, you crave more carbohydrates and starchy carbohydrates when you're slack, lacking sleep. So that's why, like, I'll tell people, like, you have to be so conscious, if you didn't sleep well, so conscious the next day that you're making good choices in your food, because it literally, your body physiologically is desiring more of that,
0: so. Yeah, interesting. Um, you, and you, you also hit on the adrenals, so did you, mm-hmm. um, I mean, basically, like, adrenal fatigue, like, is that what you would dealing with? I,
1: yeah, I never, like, was diagnosed, per se, because um, the gal who I actually work with does do that but she that essentially would be what it is because i would um like this is how bad it had been i would walk up my stairs like my basement stairs up to my kitchen and my heart would be up to like 100 beats per minute just like super super fast Mm -hmm. and resting heart rate for me is like late like 50s early like maybe like low 60s and stuff so that's typically what it was but when I was really going through this sleep and then you know when you don't sleep you also have anxiety I feel Mm -hmm. like um they kind of coupled together it's like it was just wham bam and like it is seriously I mean I couldn't walk up my steps without being completely out of breath and have to sit down so it's just and that's your adrenals is your adrenals are in such overdrive Mm -hmm. that your body can't function how it would be because it's in survival mode it's Mm -hmm. like I'm just trying to do the basic things that it needs to do. I can't focus on health, uh, like healing things or restoring things. You know, our body's always doing that, restoring, replenishing. You know, if you did a workout, it's going to clean up anything that happened and it just couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So um, it's crazy to think that that's how it was. But if I'll have a night even now with my son where he's up several times, um, I can still feel the same thing because it's like our bodies crave sleep.
0: They mm-hmm. do. Yeah, that's really Mm -hmm. interesting, Um, and I promise this is leading somewhere. But,
1: but no, that's um, okay.
0: Sticking with the with like adrenal fatigue, adrenal stuff like that. How does caffeine, like constant caffeine day in and day out, play a role (laughs) in that?
1: I am so glad you brought that up because people (laughs) ask me all the time. They're like, "You're like anti-caffeine or anti-coffee," and I said, "No, I'm absolutely not." Mm -hmm. It's just for myself personally. That was one of the things that I had to remove from my life in order for me to move steps forward Mm -hmm. when it comes to, um, healing, not only my adrenals, but my sleep as well too. So uh, caffeine is a stimulant. So that means that essentially it's stimulating our bodies to kind of be in this fight or flight mode and it's okay on occasion and in moderation But when we are constantly doing that throughout the day, we're just having a roller coaster of hormones all throughout the day. So I'll even tell people, if you struggle with any sort of sleep, you need to give up caffeine altogether. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't, but you still have adrenal fatigue, I'd really, really consider it. Like caffeine or even alcohol would be another thing that it's really, it makes a huge difference um, on really we really need to work on calming those adrenals down. So using things like ashwagandha or adaptogens, things like that to calm those adrenals down instead of putting these stimulants in. Um, and, you know, some people are like, well, you know, before noon, it doesn't impact me. Or there's even some people that say like, oh, well, I can have a cup of coffee right before bed. And you may be able to, but again, it's still impacting your restorative sleep. So you're not getting that really restorative sleep that your body would need. And I'm a huge fan, this is what I share with all my clients, Trevor, is that if you can't go a day without something, whether that be caffeine or soda or whether that simply be like, okay, not water, like we need water every day, we (laughs) need healthy food. But if there's something that you can't go with throughout a day, then you're addicted to it. And we should never be addicted to anything that really is like going to like we shouldn't depend or rely on something to get us going throughout the morning like Mm -hmm. even amongst my horrible sleep issues i never turned to caffeine to get me going in the morning because i knew it was going to make it worse but also it's like i should find energy from first of all energy comes from food that's where it should come is i always say the food that is alive it has energy the plants that we pick from the ground We're taking the energy. That's how they grew, right? So when we fill our bodies with these really good, nutritious, whole, and real foods, um, we have natural energy that comes Mm -hmm. about. You know, so Mm -hmm. there's and there's caffeine and all different types of things. So for a long period of time, um, I wouldn't do cacao powder. I wouldn't do cacao nibs or any sort of chocolate, Um, even if it was like raw chocolate. um, I just wouldn't do it simply because those things do have a small amount of caffeine in them, Um, or like even like. I wouldn't do caffeine in like green teas or black teas. Even okay. now I'll do like an herbal tea. Um, so that is one of the things that I recommend. And I usually have like, there's like 10 tips that I give for people for better sleep. And the thing is avoid stimulants because you're just mm-hmm. on this roller coaster all day long.
0: Yeah. So. It's brutal. Um, I'm dealing with like, I've got adrenal fatigue, like dealing yeah. with it. I've cut um coffee out, like basically everything. And like, There were days Mm -hmm. where I'd be like on an IV drip of coffee (laughs) (laughs) just to get through. And like, yeah, the first week, week and a half, like the headaches were no joke. But that's, I mean, showing me like, yeah, okay, overusing too much. And but the sleep has, my sleep has been significantly better just in the Mm -hmm. past three weeks of cutting caffeine out over the past four weeks. And like, I've made a bunch of other, I've cut out like, Um, inflammatory foods like for myself um, and cleaning some of that stuff up too and that's just made a world of difference Mm. isn't it
1: amazing yeah and you know in regards to any part of your health i'm sure it is Mm -hmm. just like um yeah it just makes a world of difference and i i will preface that anyone who is typically having caffeine um i always recommend usually slowly weaning down um for the fact of yes. it has withdrawal effects just like anything else does mm-hmm. so that's telling you like if i get withdrawal effects from this i'm probably addicted to it right. um and so but that is like you very common headache um super super fatigued and i always say there's usually this bad period of time and then it's almost like you get over this hump. And it's like, holy man, I have all this energy now. Yeah. Um, you know, so once I said get through that um, and see how you feel, there's other options out there too. Like some of my clients, they actually, will. there's a cacao based um, coffee, per se, mm. um, that is made actually from cacao powder. And so a reminding yourself that cacao does still have caffeine in it, but that's sometimes like my way of getting them off mm-hmm. of the caffeine without not just like cold turkey it because some people yeah it's it's your entire life and mm-hmm. you know that's just hard it's hard to quit anything cold turkey so
0: yeah it's worth it though i mean like you said it's mm-hmm. i can already see my energy throughout the day is much more um constant and yeah it's like much more normal rather than the ups and downs and like that mid-afternoon like tiredness that i would always feel isn't mm-hmm. as intense as it Head been so it's cool yeah
1: absolutely that's cool. and that's why like people associate like well everyone just always gets this mid-afternoon slump right mm-hmm. 2 p.m like just that's just normal right well it's not normal it has to do with caffeine but also a lot of times it has to do with the types of foods that you're putting into your mouth throughout the day um i have a client right now actually that she literally she would say like in school and at her job she would almost like fall asleep at 2 3 p.m because she was so tired and that's one of her biggest celebrations so far since working with me and she's worked with me now for two months is that she literally she's like i don't i'm not falling asleep at my desk and it's amazing i was like that is huge so yeah and that's
0: really
1: cool one thing that i'll always say when it comes to sleep is it's not just what you do at night it's not just what you do right before bed good sleep is literally like Something that you do throughout your entire day. It's literally from the moment you wake up in the morning all the way to bedtime, everything makes an impact. So that's just really important to think about. I think so often in our society, we're told, well, you know, at night, you just have to like turn off your electronics and stuff like that. I agree, those things are all important, but what you do, even the first thing in the morning, is equally as important too.
0: That's really interesting. I think that's a big factor because, I mean, that's what you hear is dial down at night, um, have a nightly routine to help you sleep better. Mm-hmm. But they don't, like, like you said, what you do the rest of the day totally impacts how well you're going to sleep and hitting some of those deeper sleep cycles.
1: Absolutely. So, like, And that's, like, that's where I say the first thing you do in the morning is for someone that's really trying to have better sleep, but also just for anyone, I think this is really important, is actually the first thing in the morning you see natural sunlight. Is so often we wake up and we see these artificial lights and our bodies were never designed like that. When we like, you know, we're primates and we were searching for our food and stuff like that. The first thing that you woke up to or the first sign that you woke up was actually sunlight, right? You woke up and then you went and hunted for your food and everything. Well, today we're not doing that. What we do is we turn on all of our lights, our artificial lights in our house. Then we get into a car and we drive eight hours. Then we sit underneath these artificial lights all day long, drive home. And then we make dinner on our artificial lights. And then we, what do we do? We watch TV or we sit on our phone or things like that. So we're constantly bombarded with this fake sunlight, which is so detrimental to our health. Mm -hmm. So immediately, the first thing that I do, Trevor, in the morning is I will, as long as it's nice outside, and if it's not nice outside, I'll share what I do But the first thing I'll do is I'll go outside barefoot and I'll ground to the earth. And that is super, super powerful. Because not only am I getting natural sunlight, but people don't realize there is actually physical energy that can be um, diverted into you as a being from the earth. And people are like, what? This is so – I've heard like, oh, this is woo. But literally, I just read a book, and it was all about – it's called The Earth Prescription. And it mm. talks about the science that the doctor, the science behind grounding and how impactful that is. And her thing was also when it comes to insomnia. She said, it's not going to happen overnight. But as I've done it more and more and it's just become a part of my routine, I see the benefits of how it has really impacted my sleep. So that's the first thing is seeing natural sunlight. And in winter, obviously, like we live in Wisconsin, but in winter, you're grounded anytime you are touching, say, concrete outside um, that is grounded to the earth, you um, could touch a tree, you could, you know, in fall, you could pick apples and, you know, spring getting in your dirt and stuff like that. But those are all grounding. So I would say, that's the first thing that you need to do when you wake up so that you see that natural sunlight um, because it really, because then your body knows, okay, I need to stop producing melatonin. Now I can start in the morning. Your body produces cortisol, which is fine. It helps get you going in the morning, but it stops producing melatonin. Um, whereas at night, then that's why we dim our lights. We start off our electronics, things like that, because it stimulates in our brain that we start making melatonin.
0: Huh. That's really interesting. I mean, there's so much research out there. Maybe we talked about it. I've talked to some, I've talked to so many people about the, just the importance of grounding. Um, mm. and people, they don't really realize everything that you just explained. Like it's just mm. not really known. I don't think.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's really amazing. If you guys can, whoever's listening can read the book, it's called the earth prescription. It's by Dr. Laura Conover. And it's just amazing. The science behind really grounding, and um, she started actually with it because her daughter was not able to sleep at night. Her little baby wouldn't sleep mm-hmm. at night, but she noticed that when she would step outside barefoot on the ground, and keep this in mind, I'm going to point this out to anyone, you don't have to be barefoot. You can literally touch it with your hand, um, so if you literally are touching it with one finger, your whole body is grounded, so that's just where it is, but she would notice that her daughter would actually completely calm down and fall asleep when she was barefoot at night. Underneath the stars, and she just realized, Oh, like when I go into my house, she wakes up. When I'm outside, she's completely. In. And if you think about it, back in the day again, our ancestors used to sleep on the ground, that's what they mm-hmm. did. They were grounded to the earth, so it's just really powerful.
0: Yeah, um, off that, have you heard of like the grounding mats that you can buy and sleep on?
1: Yes, I have heard of them. There's a bunch of different grounding things, um, yeah. which are really, really powerful. So there's grounding mats. There's also grounding gloves. So say mm-hmm. in winter, um, you could put grounding gloves on and you could still be grounded even though you have gloves on. There's grounding shoes out there. Um, so there's lots of different ways. And like um, I just think it's amazing, like yeah. amazing how our bodies can still receive that even when we have you know shoes on or something like that. So.
0: Yeah, they're really interesting. They're really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, so I know you deal with like a lot of hormonal things. Um, so what Mm -hmm. are some of, before we talk about what you can do, um, nutrition wise and all that to get better sleep, what are some of the negative effects of, we talked about a little bit, um, but like from a hormone standpoint, not getting enough sleep, what are we looking at?
1: Yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned that because it really starts impacting our hormones. Um, The reason being is the biggest two things are uh, cortisol and adrenaline. Um, And again, those are in relationship with our adrenal glands. But we have to remember those are hormones. Um, And so what will happen is those will be constantly secreted. And I always tell people that if those are constantly secreted for any single person, it starts to impact every organ in your body not just your adrenal glands but maybe now your ovaries aren't producing maybe what they need to or for men their testicles aren't producing what they need to for that um it could start affecting your liver now your liver is detoxing out things that typically it would be able to it could start impacting your kidneys um your digestion could get really poor simply because like i was saying before now your body's on this um survival mode that it literally can't take care of anything else so that means while your body is supposed to be digesting food it can't even think about digesting food because it's literally on overdrive it's just trying to survive um, so it's in fight or flight mode all the time so that's where it's really important to just think about like how how it can start impacting every area of your life but yeah it's just and so I could go into, you know, your estrogen and your progesterone and things like that. But really what it comes down to is all of those estrogen and progesterone are impacted simply because your cortisol and your adrenaline are just on overdrive. So, for instance, your your body's going to start feeling the spots where your progesterone should, you know, go into. Well, then your progesterone tanks because mm-hmm. your cortisol is high. So there's just so many factors that it's like when and that's not that's just one of the stress things so that's why when people are like yeah you need to reduce your amount of stress well I would say it's not just like oh my physical world like I'm in a great marriage you know I have my children are great like my job is good I don't have this physical stress but we always have to remember that there is internal stress that can be happening simply because of say lack of sleep or maybe because of the foods that are you know being put into your body so
0: yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the most detrimental things to um, specifically female hormones is cortisol, like elevated.
1: Absolutely. Cortisol levels, right? <laughs> so like if I could say anything, um, it would be um, cortisol is one of the biggest things when it comes to I say anyone's mm-hmm. ho- hormones, True. you know, male as well, too, because you'll notice that sometimes male's testosterone will go down mm-hmm. simply because there is such an overdrive and stress. Like think about. You know the reason why they say, well, people have a difficult time having babies when they're under stress. That's that's very common because your body's not able to produce what it's supposed mm. to do or implant for those females what it needs to do because the body's in a state of stress. So, yeah. yeah, it's just it's one of those things where you really have to like. I know we always say we have to reduce our amount of stress, but you know, there's I always say. There's always going to be stress in our lives, but how can we create stress resiliency is that Mm -hmm. we can put certain things into our lives. We can maybe start meditating a little bit more. Maybe we can go for a walk. And when stress comes about, we're not in this fight or flight mode, then we can really kind of take it calmly. So it'd be, for instance, the same thing of like, I could scream and yell at my child if she does something wrong. Or I can calmly respond and be like, "No, okay. What can we do next time?" So our bodies will do the same thing as like, "Oh my gosh, stress is here," and then you may have angst. Eh. Or you can, you know, okay, stress is going on. What can I do right now to help to improve this? Um, you know, could I add in more stress resilience to my life?
0: So. Yeah, that's a great that's a great key point because, like you said, I mean, it's always going to be there. It's just how you mm-hmm. respond to it is the big factor, like you can choose how you want to respond to things. And if you choose, mm-hmm. if you have like the tools, the practices in place, like you're going to re- respond pretty well most of the time.
1: Absolutely. And you know, Trevor, I think the problem that comes about for people is that we don't have stress resiliency because we always think physical stress. We all think like mm-hmm. my job is giving me physical stress, but if we can reduce the amount of stress simply by the type of foods that we're putting into our body, what we're putting onto our skin, what we're using in our hair, makeup, whatever it may be, routines, those things all cause stress on the body. So mm-hmm. I always think of it like a bucket. If you have, you know, really poor diet, you use really like unhealthy ingredients on your body and everything like that, that bucket's already three quarters to maybe almost full of physical stress on the body. And then now all of a sudden you lost your job or something stressful happened to mm-hmm. back. Well, now it just, it the bucket overflowed. Now your body is, like way over stressed, and now you have all these physical symptoms that may come about, or you may even have a disease or an autoimmune condition that happens. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's like, if you can reduce the amount of, you know, stress, physical stress on the body from those areas that we can control, the stuff that happens in our life, you know, that may be with job, it doesn't impact us as much, mm-hmm. you know? So that's where it's like, w- unfortunately we have a society that we're just like, so physically overloaded with stress from how we eat and what we put onto our bodies and our environments and things
0: so Mm -hmm. it's brutal (laughs) brutal. yeah it is is.
1: but that's what you you know that's what this uh, podcast is it's so amazing as you're sharing the opportunities and abilities so for people to add either stress resilience to improve you know and reduce that stress load on the body, which is just super amazing that there's so many different modalities out there Mm -hmm. to help with that.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people, like you said, they focus so much on the physical things that they don't realize that the food that they're feeding their bodies day in and day out could be the biggest stressor, likely is the biggest stressor every single day, which is then just not allowing you to handle other stressors that present in that day very well.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I will tell you, like my responses to my children, are way more harsh (laughs) when I have ate something I probably shouldn't have or that I'm on this roller coaster like this blood sugar roller coaster all day long like I mean you're most likely crabby or you're irritable or you're tired or you're fatigued or exhausted and I mean ask any person when I'm tired or fatigued or exhausted or you know I just had a a whole bunch of sugar or something like that we just don't (laughs) respond rightly you know we're not calm we're not relaxed or anything. So. But we just have to, and we'll never be perfect, but we have to like sit back and relax and like reflect on like, hey, maybe why did I respond that way? Why was I like that? Um, And that's where it's like, I feel like as people, and I even do this with my own clients is that we're never giving our time, our minds time to sit and relax and reflect on maybe why things are going the way in our life. And, you know, that's just really, really, it can start impacting your thoughts that you have for yourself. Um, things so and it, it just like last night there was a gal who spoke in my group program and she was saying that um, if you're not speaking to yourself consciously um, your negative Nancy thoughts are going to mm. be the things that drive your life so start thinking about what you are speaking to yourself you know so that's where you know positive intentions um, and affirmations things like that really come into play
0: mm-hmm. they're huge aren't they I was gonna say that is I mean People kind of look at positive self talk as like, I don't know, like weird to do. And it's like, well, why is that weird? But beating yourself down hours at a time at a day, like every day, why is that normal? Like, why can you do the negative stuff, but not the positive stuff? And so many people, I just talked to a group of people last week about this is everybody kind of focuses on the weaknesses and the negative side of things, where rather than building up like the strengths, like, why not grow your strengths rather than? try to change what your weaknesses might be.
1: Absolutely. That's such a good like perspective. And I think that's, I, I'll like say this is the more we are in this celebration and gratitude practice, the more we start attracting that. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why like, I'm like, you guys are amazing people to connect with. Cause it's like, you are in this like-mindedness. You start finding people and situations and things like that that are like, Oh, this is good. This is good. And that's why every single Friday with my clients is always celebration. We always connect with each other and what can we celebrate this week? Small, big, large, I don't care. Small hinges swing big doors. So if it's tiny, I want to hear it. And the reason being is because so often I'll find in my clients that are working on their food and, you know, even things like sleep or, you know, their mindfulness practices is that they can always think about, well, I didn't do this this week. I didn't do this this right. week. I didn't finish this. And every single week I'm like, yes, but what are the things that you did do? Mm-hmm. And then one of my clients one day was like, wow. I didn't realize I've actually been doing really, really good with things, you know? <laughs> so that's where it's like, once you start getting into that mode or that mentality, you start to track those types of things in your life. So
0: mm-hmm. it's big. And yeah. that's
1: important for sleep too, you know, cause and all and tying it in is because so often what happens is people can't fall asleep at night because we have these yes. negative things that are going on in our mind. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do that. Or I'm mad at this person, right? Mm -hmm. Or this person frustrated me, or this person cut me off in traffic. It's like, those are things that cut you off, like, literally can make your sleep detrimental. So it's like being able to find and seek, you know, those positive things in our life is, you know, even a simple five gratitude practice, you know, five things that you're grateful for before you go to bed, Mm -hmm. as you switch that almost like switch in your brain. To gratefulness instead of almost like that overdrive stress mode.
0: Yeah, that's something that I've been trying to incorporate more of right before I like I'm in bed, I'm laying down, like if my mind's running or something like I'm like, okay, slow down. Think of some things that mm-hmm. think think of the good things that happened today, like just today, or even like at night. So it's easy. Like once you start thinking about it, you can think of a lot mm-hmm. of things. Um and like even if it's something as simple as, hey, we walked the dogs, like that's awesome mm-hmm. like it's something cool to do and it it is it's it's a cool switch and you fall asleep at least for me a lot easier when i do that
1: absolutely and i'll speak to you you know when i and i love that because it's just part of your like routine i'm always a big person about habit stacking it's like mm-hmm. you've already got nice. this kind of habit of like you do this at night we'll just add that one simple thing to the habits that you're already doing or in the morning or whatever it may be Mm -hmm. And for myself, one thing that I realized when I was going through my insomnia is I was speaking some really, really negative things to myself as I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sleep. And then in the morning, I'm going to be so exhausted. And then my whole entire day, I'm going to be so exhausted. And I realized that when I was doing that, it totally would make me not fall asleep. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I really started implementing was I would actually speak truth to myself. I would say, I am a great sleeper. I am tired. I am sleepy and I'm rested. I, and it's some kind of realm of that. Like I say, I'm calm. I am relaxed. I am a great sleeper. I am tired. And I literally just repeat that over and over as I was in bed. And even though it may not have like totally seeped in, what it does did was it took the spot of those thoughts that could have been like, I'm not going to sleep. I'm going to be up all night. The kids are going to be up all night. I'm going to be exhausted in the morning. And that's where, like I say, like, I had to switch my mindset. Because if I always thought I'm going to be exhausted and tired in the morning, well, of course, then the next day I was going to be tired and exhausted. It was just Mm -hmm. going to be, that's what it was. But I always would say, I'm going to be energized. I'm going to be excited. And what you do is like when you start speaking, I am those things, you'll start seeing in your life where you can see the things that are energizing, the things that are exciting, the things that are, are, you know, so it's just like so much is that I feel like what we call into our mind is exactly what will come into fruition. Um, you know, for ourselves. So mm-hmm. even and I've trained my husband, like sometimes I'll even catch myself being like, my gosh, I'm gonna have really bad sleep tonight. And he's like, don't speak that to yourself. Otherwise, you're to nice. You're gonna think that so um, it's just really, really cool to see how that um, also reflects on other people as well,
0: too. For sure. For sure. That's all that's all great stuff. Um, so now we we talked about like, the day routine. What you put into the body Mm -hmm. um, impacts what how you sleep at night. So what are some Mm -hmm. things that like from from your area of expertise, what can we do throughout the day? What can we put in our bodies to feel it during the day but calm it down at night, not have that, you know, morning routine that's not helping us at all trying to go to sleep.
1: Absolutely. I think it's super, super important. And I think that's almost why I got really drawn to what I do in culinary Mm -hmm. nutrition. The reason being is because I was starting to realize that there were certain foods that were definitely impacting my sleep. Mm -hmm. So I always am a big fan of going back to blood sugar stabilization. The reason because if our blood sugar is not stabilized throughout the day, you can almost bet that it's not going to be stabilized throughout the night. And when your blood sugar is going into, um, so a small science thing is when your blood sugar drops, so you know, say you are on this roller coaster all day long, and then at night, it's continues that roller coaster, when that blood sugar drops, cortisol and adrenaline are released. Now we talked about those stress hormones. So when those stress hormones are released in the middle of the night, oftentimes I'll see clients, they'll actually be waking several times in the night simply because their blood sugar has dropped. All right. So that's where I always say that what you do throughout the day when it comes to your food and your blood sugar is so important it in the evening at night is you have to keep it maintained and level throughout the day in order for it to be maintained and level throughout the evening so that really comes down to the types of foods that you're putting into your um, life so biggest biggest, like first thing that I first start with people is like we've got to take the processed and packaged foods out of our mm-hmm. life all they are filled with is these starchy carbohydrates that spike your blood sugar really high and then you're going to crash an hour later or two hours and you're going to have that two or three o'clock slump So as much as you can possibly remove those out of your life, that's the first line of defense. And then from there, you can kind of move a little bit farther. Um, So one of the biggest things for my own life was like sugar was a no go, like no way, because anything that had sugar in it would definitely impact my sleep and would definitely impact my sleep the closer I ate it towards bedtime. Mm. Um, So I'd noticed that. If I had something sweet or something sweet after dinner, because that's a habit of mine that I've been working on. (laughs) Me
0: too. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, right? I think we all kind of, if you grew up in Wisconsin, we have desserts after every single meal. Mm -hmm. But that was one thing that I had to realize was, like, I had to really kick sugar out of my life. And it didn't happen overnight. I was actually just reflecting um, today or yesterday, it was that I used to, like, really need to have my smoothie sweet in the morning. So I like went from like getting rid of like tons and tons of high fruit smoothies to like removing some of those slowly. And then I'd put in some bevia to still get that really sweetness in it. Um, but now I really, I can do like a no fruit smoothie and I will be totally fine. There's no sweetness besides like my protein powder, which is flavored with stevia a little bit. And then yeah. I'll put in, you know, my fat, my protein um, and my fiber and, and a lot of green stuff. So it's, it just has it's calm, I always say it's almost like a, a pendulum, like we have to go through this phase of changing our taste buds over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where like, even for women, then it goes hand in hand with hormones is I always recommend, you know, eating three meals a day, because it stabilizes your blood sugar. And those mm-hmm. meals can be balanced with some good protein, some good fiber, some fat greens. And then, you know, making sure those meals are not having this massive blood sugar spike. So not having tons of starchy um, carbohydrate in it. So we're not eating like tons of chips or, you know, having lots of bread and fruits. And I, I mean, I'm not opposed a, a to those things on, on occasion, but especially if you're someone that's dealing with sleep, it's almost like you have to heighten like just the basic things of life. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it was like I had to remove all sugar. Do I recommend that to every person in my life? Like, no. Like, if you want to have some maple syrup and honey or whatever it may be, go for it. But for me, I was like, what is it worth? You know, I need to really, I, I want to sleep great at night and it's not worth it to me. So the biggest thing is some lots of vegetables, some lots of good healthy protein for yourself, really good um, fats for yourself as well too because those are really, really healing to the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so even maybe things like, you know, omega would be great. B vitamins are great for just healing the body when it comes to overload of stress, Um, but then also for healing the brain, which is the thing that creates, I feel like every one of our hormones. So, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah, Yeah. that's a lot of people avoid fats and it's like, well, yeah, you don't want the the bad stuff, but you don't know how important it actually is for, I mean, your brain to function considering it's made up mainly of fat.
1: Of fat. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) It, it really is. The other thing too, Trevor, that I was just thinking about was um, like the timing of our food. So mm. often I feel like people are yes. eating a meal right before they go to bed or it's like mm-hmm. they eat at nine o'clock at night or, you know, my husband does this all the time. He'll eat right before he goes to bed. And I was like, "Oh, that's so detrimental mm-hmm. to your sleep. And he's like, well, I sleep fine. And I'm like, yeah, but how great really is your sleep if we did like a sleep study? So one of the reasons being is because when you eat so close to bedtime, your body is focused on digesting. It's not focused on actually resting and literally getting into that sleep uh, mode for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I always say try and eat your last meal like two to three hours before you go to bed, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, people are on the kick of like some intermittent fasting and things like that. Mm-hmm. So honestly, a lot of times people are that already, which I think is amazing. Um, so yeah, just stop that food a couple hours before you go to bed your body can fully digest it and you're not going to bed with kind of this like like your stomach still working and doing all of its work. So that's really really important as well
0: too. Nice. Um going back to like the fruits side of things because I think yeah. I wanted to bring that up. Um now some fruits obviously higher in sugar which is yep. going to kind of spike things even more. So are there fruits that you lean towards? Um, that are kind of lower in sugar like some berries and stuff like that or like what do you kind of recommend because um yeah i think Mm -hmm. it's important for people to know like the higher sugars and all that Mm -hmm. in regards to sleep
1: yeah absolutely and i think it's in regards to anything because Mm -hmm. we always have to remember that sugar is sugar no matter where it may be coming from so you have to remember that like uh, a sweet potato. I think they're amazing. We include, we have them all the time in our, our life, but we always have to remember that they still, even though they're not white table sugar, they still convert to sugar in the body. All right. So I'm not saying don't eat them because again, we eat them in our life, but we have to remember what are we pairing with that meal. You know. Um, so for instance, if there's going to be fruit that's in my life, yes, we opt for the lower sugar ones, which are going to be all of your berries. Green apples are the lowest sugar apple. Yeah um things like lemons and limes are really low sugar as well too and then there's really high sugar fruits things like grapes and watermelon are really high any melons really are higher in sugar um and y'all notice like say for instance take your different types of apples like I um when I had a lot of gut dysregulation, um, sugar feeds bad guts, um, just to mm-hmm. let you guys know, is that when I would eat an uh, apple that was just really high in sugar, say maybe my favorite are Macintosh and I'll occasionally have them or even like a Gala or something like that, um, I would get a stomach ache immediately simply because of the sugar that was in the actual apple. Um, so again, things like oranges are higher, but I would say you know your best fruits um, are going to be your berries your green apples, and your lemons and limes. And to me, honestly, berries are filled with antioxidants. So why mm-hmm. not like choose those as your biggest thing? is like, I, every time I eat them, I'm like, yes, I'm fighting off cancer. I'm fighting <laughs> off cancer. You know, so that's really important. But it, it's always like one thing that I p- want people to realize is that, like, if you ask me in my life, like, do you ever eat watermelon? Well, I'm I'm going to say like, yes, we have watermelon in our life. We just don't over abundance on it. Like, I'm not going to sit down and eat a whole bowl of watermelon. Mm-hmm. you know, or I'm not going to eat a ton of it. Or I, we we don't often buy grapes in our house much anymore. But you'll start to realize that once you start removing some of these things that even are just naturally sweet, um, like for instance, we got pears this past weekend from my husband's grandma, and they were actually really, really sweet. Like they were very sweet for me because I don't have much of that in my life. So again, I've changed my taste buds um, to realize that. And You know, that's where you just have to realize, like I was saying, what that meal is comprised with as well too. So I'll put fruits into my smoothie, but I'm also adding some good protein in it, some good fat, some good fiber. And what it does is it's like any like major blood sugar spike spike that maybe that fruit would cause, it's minimized simply because I have that protein, fiber, and fat in it. So I would say, look at your full meal. And that really is going to make a huge difference on how much that blood sugar spikes. And every person is different. So that's where like maybe you guys have heard of um, that a lot of people are doing um, continuous glucose monitoring now. Mm -hmm. They'll actually put it into their arm and they're hard to come by actually unless you have like a diagnosis, Um, but some uh, people do have them and they'll notice that you know, things that typically wouldn't spike their, maybe their husband's blood sugar will spike the females, you know? So that's where it's just, it's so many factors that play into that blood sugar that it's not just like every single person shouldn't eat right. Well, it, it could be different, you know? Mm-hmm. Fortunately for yourself, um, men can eat a lot of things that don't <laughs> spike their blood sugar, whereas women, right. we're, uh, you know, we're just more and more susceptible. So we just have to be more careful with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting, and I'm glad you brought that up um, about pairing the fruits with other things because it limits sometimes some of that blood spike um, or yeah. sugar spike, which is huge, and it's it's super super important to know. Um, and you brought up the gut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We always
0: seem to come back to this. Um, yeah. So I know that everybody reacts to foods differently, and that can obviously play a huge toll. So. Like for me, um, I mean, I, get, I guess before I do that, what are your thoughts on or how important would a food sensitivity test be for people to get just to know what foods are kind of producing that inflammatory response um, in their gut, which is going to yield all kinds of things?
1: Yeah, um, that's, I'm good. glad that you bring that up. So. It really is going to be dependent on where you are in your health journey. So, like for Mm -hmm. instance, I've seen really, really good results from the gal that I work with, and we haven't done food sensitivity testing. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people who do it, and they benefit from it a ton. Um, So, one thing that I usually find, and I I think they're great because honestly, I think the biggest thing is they make people realize like the biggest inflammatories out there. But there are Mm -hmm. other things out there that um, really can put you your gut. To be inflamed. The one thing that I have found is that a lot of times, and this is great because then people start removing them once they get the food sensitivity test, is that a lot of the things that you're commonly eating on a daily basis are a lot of the things that come up on it. Mm-hmm. And that's where then I really emphasize people that we need to have variety in our diet. Mm-hmm. So if your gut isn't healthy, what ends up happening is those foods that you're commonly eating are going into the gut. You've got this leaky gut. Well, those foods are now leaking into your bloodstream. Well, those things are never supposed to leak into your bloodstream. So what's happening? Of course, you're having an inflammatory reaction because your body's attacking these foreign, uh, you know, proteins or, um, you know, per se, not chemicals, but these foods that are going into your bloodstream. So that's what I always emphasize to people is, yeah, if you get a food sensitivity testing, if you work with someone who does even like maybe um, like I work with a gal who does nutrition response testing. Through that, she has found out foods that I don't really don't really sit well with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are really, really important because, yeah, it, unfortunately, majority of the people in the United States have gut problems, and mm-hmm. so often we've just normalized it. You know, mm-hmm. I had a client of mine say that, like, I know so many people that have gut issues, but they're just okay with it. Like, just this is just their life. And I was like, yeah, it's really sad that we've completely normalized it. So when you... Put in, you know, you, when you do one of these tests, it's, we remove tons of inflammatory foods. So I would say that the benefit is like, go get it because most often they're going to tell you get rid of gluten, dairy, soy, corn, yep. like, <laughs> All you know, right. very common things that I'm always preaching to people because they're very, very inflammatory foods. And then you'll have these other things that you didn't realize maybe have caused the issues. But um, then you take them out, and it, it makes a world of difference when it comes to that gut healing to so just calm down that inflammation um and just allow the body to start healing because it's not ever able to when you're in an inflammatory period.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's that's awesome. Are there any foods that help sleep? So like something to have at dinner time that might promote better sleep or deeper sleep or anything like that?
1: Yes. And it's so I'm not going to have a like one size fits all answer because right. there are some people that actually thrive on having a small amount of carbohydrates at that last meal. And some mm-hmm. people actually, it actually makes it work for them. Okay. So I'll say um, when it comes to that, um, so some people would maybe thrive on having some sweet potatoes in the evening or maybe like an acorn squash or mm. you know maybe some quinoa um, if they do grains. Those sometimes people will actually thrive and their sleep will be better when they have that in there. Other people, again, it's like, nope, I'm going to stick with just my protein, my fat at that last meal for yourself. Hmm. There's other foods though, so like um, seeds are really, really great um, for um, putting for helping restorative sleep. and then there's foods that I always say are like tryptophan food. Mm. right So have you heard of like right you always want to fall asleep <laughs> after turkey? Yes, it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> turkey has a high tryptophan food, leafy greens are really high in tryptophan. Um, eggs are also high in tryptophan. so those are things that you can find foods that have high tryptophan and you can start incorporating them more into your life. Honestly, I usually tell people eat a real and whole food diet and we won't really like you're going to find that you're having those things naturally in your diet that you don't have to like put this overemphasis on finding them. So there's so many different things out there, but those are the two things that I would usually recommend is try on air um, mm-hmm. carbohydrates at that last meal for yourself and then put in some high fan foods for yourself. So
0: nice. Yeah. Know your body, yeah. right? I mean, see, and pay attention to it. it it's going to tell you what, what it wants you to do.
1: Yeah, and I will say um, for any of the women who may be listening, this is going to be different as you go through your cycles each month. Mm. It just is. You know, our bodies, our hormones are in different places. You may find that your sleep is really great at one period of the month, but it's not so great at the other period of the month. Well, yeah, because your hormones are fluctuating throughout the month. So just be very, very gracious to yourself during that time where you may be getting less sleep, Um, you know, start putting in maybe some you know, Epsom salt baths at the end of the night, like have that magnesium really calm your body down. And women are a lot of times deficient in magnesium around that period of time. Um, Putting in more yoga, things like that. Um, For those of you who are married, like honestly, sex is a great thing, you know, to start incorporating into your life It what it does is actually reduces the cortisol level in your body. Mm. Um, So you can have sex right before bed and it'll actually reduce that cortisol and you're going to sleep a lot better than you would. Um, otherwise so there's so many other factors like that that play into Mm -hmm. it but um, honestly I would say there's so many free things that you can start implementing when it comes to getting better sleep that um, you can start tonight you know
0: yeah for sure that's awesome Mm -hmm. Um, anything else that you want people to know about sleep and nutrition and anything else that we haven't already (laughs) talked about
1: (laughs) No, I think that we've covered a lot, which is so yeah. great. But if you guys want to, if someone is interested in learning, like if you really have had an issue, um, I've got usually 10 tips that I go through with clients of mine um, that really like we start implementing some of them. Um, and then if you can implement all of them, it's even better. And it comes over a period of time because we're not giving you, you know, a sleeping pill. Mm-hmm. Um, But there's always lots of different things that we can start incorporating, which will help. So but yeah, otherwise check me out on. Um, I have a free group called uh, Grateful Plates for Christian Women, um, and then I also um, you can check me out on my website, which is gratefulplace.com. So
0: yeah, perfect. And we'll always like you know link to that stuff and promote and share and do everything we can because it's it's great stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's great stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate the time that we've been able to have together, and I just hope that. This um, talk just helps one person sleep better tonight or tomorrow night or just starts realizing that they have so much control when it comes to um, that. I mean, to an extent, you know, mm-hmm. but like we have so much in our power that we can start implementing even today. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't have to be anything super fancy. It can, no, <laughs> just start, just start, just start, stack those habits, right?
1: absolutely <laughs> uh, I, there's a quote that actually my teacher said today is the day that's what that's what her quote is today is the day so today is the day to start doing something for yourself or whatever it may be
0: so awesome awesome megan well thank you so much this is always a pleasure <laughs> um it's yeah. it's always good stuff um and yeah we'll link to everything um all your social media website everything else that people can reach you but i appreciate awesome. your time
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys.
0: All right, guys. Uh, Talk to you next time. If you would like more information about one of our guests or us at Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, just send us an email at info at mvmt-rehab.com. That's info at movement-rehab.com.